0: It's episode 58 today, and I want to talk to you about how you can perhaps be more chill about your decision-making. Now, being a life coach, I notice a lot of my clients feel really indecisive when it comes to some of the big decisions they face in life. Today, I hope this episode will help any of you that feel like you struggle to make the tough calls. I'm going to share some basic scientific findings with you around decision making and what it is. And some of them are probably going to be a little bit counterintuitive. I'm also going to share three practical tips that I think can make everybody's decision making a little bit clearer. Now, if you struggle with decision-making, my hope is that this episode will help you understand what's going on for yourself and make the process a little bit simpler. If on the flip side, you feel like you're pretty good at decision-making, fairly decisive, then my hope is that this episode will help you understand yourself a little bit better. Now, before we jump ahead, I have a little favor to ask. If you've been enjoying the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would take a couple of minutes to pop over to iTunes and leave a review. More and more people are finding the podcast, which is great. And it's because of reviews like yours that they do find it. I'm knowing when I'm deciding whether a podcast is worth listening to or not, I want to see how many people have reviewed it and what they have to say. So if you could take a moment out of your busy day, it would really mean so much tried to make it easier for you. If you go to the site www.thrive.how forward slash review, it should jump you to where you need to go in iTunes to leave one. But without further ado, let's get into today's show. Welcome to Here to Thrive. I'm your host, Kate Snowwise. This is a podcast for people who are ready to step up, and live a happier life. It's for those of us who are dedicated to understanding ourselves and getting the best that we can out of this thing called life. It's a mix of psychology and modern spiritual thought, always with a focus on practical advice so that you can take it back and apply it to your own life. I don't believe we're here to merely survive. I truly believe we're here to thrive. So let's get going. Now, in life, we face choices, and some of them can feel pretty massive. What career should we pursue in the same vein? Should we change careers? Is the partner we're with right now really the one? Is it time to have kids yet, or should we wait? What house should we buy? Which area should we live in? They're all big decisions. One of the really interesting things about being human is that when we're often feeling really overwhelmed by a decision, we just do nothing at all. Now I've spoken in previous episodes, specifically the are you reactive or proactive and the one about mindset, about how we can approach life in two different ways. We can be intentional about where, how we show up and what we want, Or we can be a little bit more of a drifter. We can just drift along with life. When I typically talk to people, they tell me that the intentionality thing appeals to them. Now, full disclosure, it's probably a bit of self-selection. I do talk a lot about this. So the people that are talking to me probably like that idea. But the drift, as I call it, I really believe it's this place where... You're not necessarily standing up and making decisions in your life. You're more being taken along for the ride. So I guess this episode starts with what kind of life do you want to live? Do you want to be more intentional? Or are you okay with kind of going with the flow and just seeing how life turns out? Now here goes the science on decision making. To start with, the short summary would be we're nowhere near as good at it as we think we are. When we predict what we think will make us happy, eh, we kind of get it wrong most of the time. Let me go into a little bit more detail. Now there's a Harvard psychologist called Dan Gilbert and he's done a bunch of research on our decision making and how it relates to our happiness levels. And he's found a couple of things. Now I'm going to give you the super cliff notes version of his research. If you're really interested in it, I would encourage you to go back and listen to him speak about it himself firsthand. I've linked to two really good TED Talks in the show notes, so jump in there so that you can hear him go into more detail about these experiments and his findings. But here goes my Cliff Notes attempt. He has found that we're pretty average at guesstimating how happy we are going to be once we do a certain thing, and on the flip side, just how miserable something that doesn't appeal to us will make us feel. So for example, we have a tendency to think that a new car is going to make us way happier than it actually does. We also have a tendency to think that losing out on something that was important to us will make us way more miserable than it does, and for a way longer period than it upsets us we tend to overestimate both our happiness and our potential misery. So what does that mean for decision making? Well, when it comes to making hard decisions, we're ultimately relying on our imaginations to predict how we're going to feel in the future. That's how we work out what is worth pursuing. But if we're not very good at that, why are we doing it? Imagination isn't necessarily our best asset. Now, in some of Dan Gilbert's other fascinating research on our decision-making and how it relates to happiness, he looked into the idea of keeping our options open. Now, most of us like the idea of having flexibility, having our options open, right? If someone can tell me I can take my jeans back if I don't like them tomorrow, that makes me feel a little bit more confident about buying the jeans. Seriously, New Zealand listeners, in America you can do that. In any shop you like, you just take it back. No explanation and they give you your money back. It's, it's unreal. American listeners, when you're in New Zealand, the best you'll ever get back is a store credit. So you still have to buy something from the same store. It was one of the most exciting things about moving to the States for me, that flexibility. It appeals to us. But Dan Gilbert did some research into this idea of us keeping our options open. And he found something that was quite fascinating. Even though we think we want more options and we want flexibility, we want the power to change our mind. That just keeps us ruminating on the decision. Have we made the right decision? What if we go back and swap it? It stops us from being satisfied with what we have. It kind of makes sense when you put it that way. And what that means for our decisions is that when we have a decision that is irreversible, when we have wholeheartedly committed to something, we tend to move forward and rationalize that decision. We stop wondering what if, and instead our mind somehow says, This was the thing that was right for me. I made the right decision and this feels good. Now, indecision is the ultimate what-if thinking, right? It's the ultimate form of flexibility. If I commit to nothing, then my options are still open. Now, I recently listened to Dan Gilbert on a podcast episode talking about him applying these findings to his own life that we tend to be happier when we commit wholeheartedly to something because we stop wondering what if and he said he'd been living with his partner for a number of years but they weren't married after realizing that commitment and taking away the what ifs is in itself a path to being happier he proposed to his then partner and they got married now, according to him in this podcast interview, which I will reference in the show notes, he said that, of course, from there on and he decided that she truly was the love of his life and that they have never been happier. Obviously, that's a story in a successful marriage, not saying all marriages go that way, but there is something to be said about commitment and not commitment just in marriage or in our relationships. But when we commit wholeheartedly to our vision, to a dream, to a job, to a way of life, how much happier we tend to be with those decisions than if we kind of stay on the fence and wishy-washy with our toe half in. Now, there's a second area of research that I think is worth discussing when we're talking about decision-making and that is the jam studies research in psychology. Now this research is part of the consumer psychology sphere and it investigated the decisions we make as consumers. What do we do if we have six jams to choose from and how do we do if we have 24 jams to choose from? Now what the researchers found was that people were 10 times more likely to commit to buying a jar of jam when they had fewer choices. Now, doesn't that say something? A little bit counterintuitive. We always think more choices better, but there seems to be a bit of a limit to that. Now, their research was done a little while ago, and there's been some contradictory findings, but a recent meta-analysis in 2015 did find that this held to be true, especially when the decisions were big and meaningful. So the bigger the decision, the harder it was for us to make, the more detrimental more information was. It was easier for people to make decisions when the information was simplified. Now that was the science, but I have to admit when I was researching around this idea of decision-making, One of the things that really got me was from a philosopher. It rang true. And her name is Ruth Chang. You can watch her TED Talk, and that one is so well worthwhile, about making hard decisions. What I appreciated about Ruth Chang's ideas was she questions the idea that we can assume that our lives can be broken up into these measurable and comparable pros and cons lists. Have you ever made one? I so have. But she's right, that whole premise of doing a pros and cons list is based on the idea that I can somehow measure in some tangible way the pros and cons of my different options. But as she points out, the things we're trying to make hard decisions about don't typically have easily measurable pros and cons we are making emotional decisions and we're forcing rational logic onto it when really sometimes it just doesn't fit. I want to give you an example. So you're looking at five different houses for example. One has a larger bathroom, the other has a larger laundry, one has a bigger backyard and another a larger garage. Now seriously, You can't compare those things. The pros and cons is purely based on how you feel about it. And that kind of brings us back full circle to the fact that we're really not very good at guesstimating how we're going to feel about things in the future. So then, how on earth are we supposed to make decisions? Well, this is where I kind of want to bring you to the whole premise of this episode. And that is... That we can't get away from the fact that we are emotional beings. And ultimately, our decisions are emotional too. And when we can honor that, it makes it a lot easier. So then how do we move forward? How do we make these hard decisions in our lives? I'm going to give you three tips that I think can really help. The first one is to know yourself. Wow, I know that sounds simple, but it is not necessarily simple. Self-reflection and really getting to know ourselves at a deep level to understand our values, our drivers, our hopes, our dreams, our vision, our strengths, and our skills. Once we can know ourselves, we are in such a better place to make decisions that feel good decisions that are in alignment with what we are hoping for, decisions that put us in flow with our lives, that make us feel like we are flowing with a stream, rolling in the river. Oh my gosh, that's a song. I'm so cliche. Um, Moving on, but knowing yourself, you can't overestimate the power of this. Now, I do a bunch of self-exploration with all of my coaching clients and I think it's incredibly important but if you're not doing one-on-one coaching it doesn't mean that you can't start on a journey of self-exploration there's so many awesome books and journaling is another great way to really start to tap into your inner knowing if you want some journal prompts I have 21 of them as a freebie on my website so you can head over there dub 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 And if you go to the free resources option in the menu, you will find a free download there. But also, it's about getting still so you can listen to your own voice. The more you know yourself and the more in touch you are with yourself, the easier it becomes to make decisions that feel good for you. So number one, work on knowing yourself. The second tip to help you make decisions. Stop going crazy on procrastinating data collecting. You know, if this is you, that person that always feels like they need more data, always feels like they need more information. If this is you, stop it. Seriously, stop. But why should you stop it? I'm going to go back to that science stuff that said, more information isn't better, especially when it comes to hard decisions. It starts to put us into the space of cognitive overload and we get so overwhelmed by the data that it causes paralysis. So simplify your data. I'm not saying don't get any data. I'm just saying make it as simple as you can. If you have a list of five houses you wanna buy, if you have a list of seven schools you wanna go to, get ruthless. I often say to my clients, if you want to make a decision, put in a deadline. You're allowed to collect data up until next week. And then after that, it's time for decision making. Or if you have eight potential options, I want you to cut it down to two. I know sounds tough, but it is so much easier to make a decision when you're kind of ruthless and you simplify what you have to work with and i think the best way to be ruthless if you're trying to take a list from eight options down to two and you feel like there's none that are really that much better than the other stop trying to be rational and start feeling it which ones feel the best which ones get you a little bit more excited which one gets that kind of flutter going in your heart not necessarily which is the most practical But which one feels good? Now, an extension to this point on data gathering, total pet peeve of mine. Don't ask other people's opinions. Seriously. Know yourself, first point. Other people are not you. They are not your expert. You are your own best expert and you always will be. So stop asking your friends their opinion for everything. That's just more data that confuses you, confuses the decision-making process. Now, I do have one giant caveat around this. There is one type of person who is worthwhile asking, and this is scientifically based from Dan Gilbert's lab, He has found that asking someone who has done exactly what you are contemplating doing is pretty much the best predictor you can get of whether or not you will enjoy it. Whether or not it will make you happy. It's even better than you guesstimating based on what you think will make you happy. So for example... If you are a lawyer who is contemplating a change of career and really wants to pursue your interest in art, see if you can find a lawyer who is now an artist and ask them how it worked out for them. Get an idea of what they faced and how it felt. That is worthwhile data collecting. In fact, it's probably some of the best data collecting. The scientific term for this, surrogation. But if you're that lawyer who is considering quitting her job to become an artist, don't ask your lawyer friend who loves her job whether you should quit your job and become an artist. Not relevant. Just confusing. Data that you don't need. And my very final tip. Commit. Yep, you heard me. Don't be afraid of commitment. Make a decision one way or other. Don't let yourself live in the what ifs. Don't let yourself live with one foot in and one foot out. Don't wishy-washy around and living in indecision. Now, follow-up point for this. If you do just live in that what if, if you do just live in the indecision, if you do take the path of least resistance, never really making a decision, that's when you get caught in the drift of life. That's when life happens to you. You're not happening to life. That's when you're kind of getting pulled along for the ride. Now, I'm not saying that every decision is going to turn out peachy. But what I will say is back yourself. Trust yourself. If it feels good to you, back yourself. Trust yourself. You got this. Hey, I am Kate Snoweyes. I'm the host of this show. Now, if you don't know much about me, I am a life and executive coach. If you'd like to know more about my programs, you can head over to my website, which is www.thrive.how. If you've considered coaching, go check it out. And even if you haven't and you're just nosy, go check it out. Now, next week, I am interviewing the CEO of an absolutely epic app. I will go that far called Insight Timer. Now, if you're looking to get a little bit quieter in your mind, i.e. as suggested in this episode, I would recommend you go and download it. It is free. It's got the best meditation timer I have found for when I'm doing my silent meditations, but it's also got this amazing community of teachers who upload their guided meditations on there as well. You can find everything. And next week I'm talking to Christopher Plowman around why they will always keep it free and what their mission is around trying to get as much of the world meditating as they can. It's such a good conversation. So stay tuned for that. And in the meantime, I hope your decisions feel a little bit simpler. Trust yourself, follow your heart, and keep thriving.